When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sifpa Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, two things are about to happen in the next 30 seconds. We're going to do a podcast, and I'm going to say it's Sifpa. I thought you turned a little blue at the end of that one. You <laughs> I really held that one out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you can't lose Aaron at the beginning of the podcast. Welcome to I Sip can't Pop. do this on my own. We're streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer. Uh, I do reviews at yourmoviefriend.com. I'm also joined by Andrew Ormsby who does Flick Freaks YouTube. Ahoy! And every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Today's guru, it's Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. We did it! Now, I will say, Jack, uh, you've been on before, and despite being from the Horrible Movie Podcast, Mm -hmm. we've we've had, no, we have had horrible movies, haven't we? We had Warcraft. You were on for Warcraft. Warcraft. That was pretty bad. And then it actually, then it also transitioned onto our podcast. Um, but again, well, we can talk about Warcraft later. I guess. <laughs> We've already talked about it. Yeah. But I can see why someone would really like it. But it's also such a... It was well, such, I was just trying to it get was a so gauge. specific. I was trying to get a gauge for whether we should expect that we're going to have a horrible movie with Jack Reacher 2. It's or, not... Uh, just have you done a you good had, movie? With us? Oh, yeah, I, uh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. That's I, right. I, I thought, thought you did it was a good unbelievable. Movie. Yeah, like, Jungle Book was great. So weird. Like, so so good that it was like, how's that possible? <laughs> you know, like, I, I did that with that movie where I'm like, I can't believe this is where we've come to with, with movies. So tell us a little bit about the Horrible Movie Podcast again. So what do you guys do? Okay, it's kind of a uh, scattershot kind of deal where, I mean, normally we'll have a guest over and we'll watch um, a movie together and... I let the guests normally pick the movie. Now, uh, you watch the movie before the podcast, though. Yeah. It's like you watch it during the podcast. We, we, no, we don't watch it during. We watch it before. Right. Um, and then, depending on how much time, because we're all super busy people, right? So, yeah. sometimes it's like, uh, hey, you watch it. Make sure you watch it, and then we'll get together on, you know, when we record, and mm-hmm. we'll be able to talk about it, take some notes and everything else. Uh, we just really... Uh, some people's bad movies are... Other people's great movies. Some so. one person's junk is another man's treasure. Absolutely, but then there are others that I are I should obvious. say trash. Trash probably There's, should say trash. It's, on it's that. got the trash. Trash. Yeah, yeah. It, there are others. Talk about. Yeah, yeah. Got there, it. there are others that are just universally horrible. So. Yeah. Super Babies Two is one that comes to, <laughs> up to mind. Hey. My friend Andy uh, has came on and done that one, and he also he also picked Double Dragon the movie, which we talked about last night. We were talking about yeah. video game movies. And that double dragon movie is bad. I'm sorry, but oh, if you, you don't thought have to that apologize was great, to us. Yeah, that that thing's well. Horrible. We are we are absolutely glad to have you back, Jack. Glad it's to be here. Always always fun to have you on the show. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk Jack Reacher two. We're going to talk about the new HBO show Westworld together. In little spoiler alert, mm-hmm. Jack's yeah. already saying it's amazing. So. You got you got to hold on that, Jack. You're giving away the end. <laughs> no, I think you said Western World, <laughs> the new uh, the new uh, Western shop in town. Right, that's what um, I was talking I got about. This whole 
dude ranch thing in these chaps yeah. that I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah. From no, you're looking real good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you look really Howdy. good. Howdy, partner. Uh, we'll also do some <laughs> buried treasure and a best ever challenge on best Tom Cruise movies ever. That's quite a, uh, a group to pick from. Should be easy. Uh, I, I, I honestly will be surprised if any of us like overlap on some of those. Since there's... You think we'll have a different three for our top three? I think all we three will have us? a different three for... I would take that bet. I, there's got to be a crossover somewhere. Okay. He we'll was see. in the, like, the second Austin Powers movie. So oh, That's true. That's so. a fair point. Yeah. Um, we'll all pick that one. Before we get to any of that, though, Andrew's going to read us some pop culture headlines, and we're going to say if we care enough to talk about them, it's time for some Do We Care. Well, Jack, you said that you were on the show for the live-action remake of The Jungle Book. How about another live-action Disney film? Guy Ritchie, the maker of Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, and the Sherlock Holmes movies, is making the live-action version of Aladdin. Oh, I think you're really? Say, I thought yes. you were going to say DuckTales. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. Guy Ritchie's making Aladdin? Live-action Aladdin. So, uh. what are the possibilities that they are going to whitewash this movie to no end? I, I don't, don't know. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either because I think they're learning their lesson. I heard the uh, the cast for, um, what was it, the live action uh, Mulan. They're already talking about going with, you know, all um, Why wouldn't non-white. You? I know. But I've always thought Because that. they don't sometimes. There's some you know? producer's daughter that's like, I want to be e- that dad. Gods of Egypt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Gosh. laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely care about that. How do you guys feel in general about remaking these classic Disney animated films into live action movies? I hope I thought it was just going to be, you know, like a little cool thing that they were going to do. Like, oh, here's a couple of movies. But it looks like they're remaking every single yeah, one. They're of doing them, them all. Yeah. And I, that I don't like. You can't wait for Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing live action film. Yeah, it's going to be a horrifying <laughs> that movie. Be horrifying. That will be horrifying. If they're good, with those I've found, like, if they're really good, they're good. And if they're not, it's like. But they've all been really good so far, haven't oh, they? I don't know about that. Which, Cinder- one did, which one didn't you like? Cinderella. Oh, I the, loved Cinderella. The Angelina Jolie, uh, Maleficent movie. Both was I'm she not a big fan of her anyway. No, nah, well, Maleficent wasn't great, but I didn't think it was awful. Um, Cinderella was great, though. That's I a didn't. phenomenal movie. Yeah, Cinderella was good. I remember that one now. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I it was actually one of my one. top ten of the that year. I think. What? Yeah, I love that. Did movie. you see ten movies? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, we're allowed to disagree, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's my thing. If they're good, then great. I, I like, it doesn't, I don't have a philosophical, uh, you know, uh, lean against it. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to do it, do it. Just make sure they're good movies and, well, you know. let's think about this. And Guy Ritchie has a very specific style when it comes to making his movies, you know, very fast actions, uh, witty dialogue. Mm-hmm. Do you think that lends itself to an Aladdin movie? It can. Okay. See, here's the thing with <sighs> yeah, Jafar's got to be really strong there. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I think, it's all about casting. Like, I, yeah. I look at those and I think if they cast it right, everything will be fine. And again, like you said, if if it's if it's whitewashed, then what's mm-hmm. the, well, come on, folks, what's the point? Yeah, yeah that casting session for the flying carpet, they really need to make sure <laughs> they get the right carpet in there. Good call. Yeah, you don't want some frayed carpet around the edges, or do you? Well, we can get a little car- bit of character. Oh, carpet bar in Springfield, a dark and gritty. <laughs> All Frank right, Miller, right? yeah, that's right. <laughs> Flying carpet. All right, what's next? <laughs> what does Leonardo DiCaprio love more than his new Oscar? I Anybody don't know guess? what. The environment. Who else loves the environment? I'll give you a hint. He's a hero who's going to take pollution down to zero. 
<laughs> no! Captain Planet? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo this DiCaprio is, real. is producing a live action version of Captain Planet. Did I walk through a mirror? <laughs> like, this is real? This is really real. Oh, please, Leonardo, don't do this. Well, he's not in it. As well, much as I want to see it. what Mati actually looks like in real person, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you kidding can, me? Can I, can I be honest? I, I never watched Captain Planet. <laughs> I not, not a every single, single day. I watched it every single day. I've never seen it. Captain I watched it. I planet. He's our hero. Gonna <laughs> take pollution down to zero. You guys, are, you guys aren't convincing me. Put asunder. Bad guys who like to loot and blunder. Wow. Wow. I think we just end the show you at this point. That too. was you know that was what? Amazing. You know, I think I just had a deja vu moment. Thanks. I think that there was a moment whenever I started singing the Captain Planet, and then you said, "I'm done with the show." <laughs> that actually has happened before. But that is a uh, Ted Turner, uh, Jane Fonda creation. Like, really? They were, they were super in the '80s. Uh, super into the environment. Jane Fonda, stuff. especially. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ted Turner's looking. Is Ted Ted Turner's kind of a Trump type character where it's like. Yeah. Where's the money at? Where's the Uncle Scrooge monocle on the top hat? Anyway, back to DuckTales. What? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Woo. he uh they they that's a creation. They're they're beautiful creation of hey, the planet's gonna explode. So, so. you feel like they're gonna ruin it? You it's feel like... ruined anyway. Like uh, okay. let's not even go down that path. Okay. Anyway. I'm gonna see this Could movie. Leo play a role in it? Who would he play? I've never seen it, so we... I don't think he could be Captain Planet. That would just be He'd way be. too weird. I, I don't want... you sell Leo short. He can do anything. He would have to get ripped. <laughs> Henry Cavill. He could do it. Henry Cavill could be ripped Leo. Captain there Planet? was a uh, comedy skit of Don Cheadle as Captain America. Oh. Yeah, they're talking about it in the live chat. Are they really? Yeah, oh, okay. as, as Captain Planet, I think is what they said. But yeah, as Captain Planet, it is hilarious. Oh, it is so funny. Like he goes like psychotic with like turning everything green. Oh. Like people, he turns them into plants and stuff. He's like, <laughs> I've done it. I've made the world green again. <laughs> I liked it, but like I like how any the, the beauty of that show was any oil spillage whatsoever. He's just like, oh, oh no, oh, it's like his kryptonite. Oil <laughs> yeah. spills. Pollution is Captain Planet's kryptonite. Everything, yeah. Wow. But when our powers combine, gosh, keep our, keep our floral gardens down. Yes. All right. What's next? Number three. This is the big one. Nintendo oh. has shown off their new console coming March 2017. The console is called the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. and has the capability to change from a standard TV console to a handheld console with a single click. Yeah, it's uh, it has blown my children's minds. Has it really? Yeah, they watched the the little, was it like a three-minute promo they released the yesterday? Reveal, the reveal promo. And th- through the whole thing, they were just like, their little minds just kept getting blown over and over again. And so I, it's so amazing how Nintendo can think outside of the box, you know, and just zig when everybody else is zagging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least... To their detriment sometimes. Sometimes to their detriment. Absolutely. That's the way it works, right? Yeah. Um. But I think this, at least initially, is going to be a huge hit. Like oh, we're out yeah. of out of the it gate. Should be out of the gate. I think people are going to to really glom onto this. I don't think it's going to be a hit like the Wii because literally nothing has ever been a hit like the Wii was. No, that was crazy. But, well, it had Wii music, is why. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I honestly think that this is going to sell very well. I they haven't released any specs for it, so there are things right. that there's I am, a lot still to know about. So it. battery life, whenever that thing is handheld, I got to know that. Yeah. Um, how 
sturdy is it and reliable and whenever those things break because i guarantee you those little handheld dongles or are get lost break or get lost how much what does it cost is to the replace them yeah 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 all that stuff is really important i think price point is price point be impor- is the big one um i think i think they got to keep it under 300 i don't think they will though i would not be surprised if they do 399 yeah and that's that's just too much a lot of money. they're gonna have to future proof this thing because yeah well, uh, Xbox has Project Scorpio coming out, which mm-hmm. is going to change the way consoles are made. That's coming out. Why do you say? Why do you year. say that? Well, I guess I don't know. Well, Project Scorpio, they are Microsoft right now is going to make a console that can outperform most high end PCs when it okay. comes to gaming. Yeah, and um, they're going to try and sell it at a price point of an average console. So. They might take a loss on it, or they might break even, but Microsoft's one of those companies where they have vaults within vaults of money. Weird. But that's what I'm talking about, like, with, you know, Xbox and Sony, they're, like, you know, just, like, killing themselves trying to get 4K and, you know, advanced stuff, and Nintendo's like, you guys go ahead and go after that ring. We're going to try to do something new with the way people play games. One thing, though, and Andrew and I were talking about this before we started, like, uh, one thing on that trailer, that video Mm -hmm. for the Switch... Uh, they they're playing Skyrim on there. Yeah, which mm-hmm. for me, third party developers, that's huge. Like I think for Nintendo, for um, stabilizing their part of whatever market, whatever market that yeah. is, for now, and then get your future stuff going on. But you've got to be able to play ball with some other people to to get. And it, it looks going. like they've got a good list. Right. I know Ubisoft was really Ubisoft on was board on with it. Yeah. Um, so in Besaid, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I, it sounds like they're going to... Yeah. Another thing is I'm curious about backwards compatibility with this thing. Yeah. So so, the, so questions like this. Are the little Switch controllers that you pop off your controller and onto the you know the uh, portable mm-hmm. unit, are they motion sensitive? Like, could you play Wii Bowling with them? Could you, you know, well, that'd be those kind of things? That'd be very um, interesting. Are, is, is, the, is it a touch screen? the thing that you take along with mm. you or not. They haven't talked anything about that. No. So there's just a lot of different things. And it comes out in March, right? Yep. Yeah. That's March. crazy. Yeah, there's a lot lot that, that's still to be told on that. But yeah, I think a two ninety nine price point, that thing will sell out of the roof. What was the last Nintendo console you guys owned? Do you know? Yeah, I've owned every Nintendo console. The have old, you really? The, okay. the, the regular Wii. My, my, son, Wii my son is six, and he, still, and he plays the Wii, like the regular Wii. Mine yeah. was the NES. Wow, really? you haven't owned a Nintendo console since the original? During the real console wars, I'm talking the real console wars, this whole thing with Sony and Xbox, that's just child's play. The real console war between Sony, or I mean, Sega? between Sega and Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I you were was, a Sega I was kid? a Sega kid. Ah. And, then I went to, and then I went to the PS1, and then I've been an Xbox guy ever since. Yeah. So My favorite Nintendo console is the N64, actually, because there's several... N64 is great. There were several games on there that were kind of like, wow, this is... This is awesome. And well, they had Mario no GoldenEye is one of the greatest games. Well, of they all had time, no load so. time. It was a cartridge, so it was kind of higher. It was well. The that's the other thing okay. with this. No, no discs on this new system either. It's, it's all true. cartridge all or digital download. I'm guessing mostly digital bitty, download. That's another right? question. Look like a little How, graphics. Like what is the SD card? SD card. Yeah, 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 just like a little SD card. What is the storage space on this unit? How many games will you be able to actually store on there when you take it with you? Um, or is the storage space in the base unit? Oh, you buy you, know? you buy individual games. It's like Tiger. Like mm-hmm. remember the Tiger toys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, You just keep buying them. Here's over and over. A, here's so you're a theory have on that. Thirty of these sitting around. Well, but so, if, but, but see, they're doing so many digital downloads. You know. Yeah. Here's a theory on that. So we saw that they had the SD cards. Yes. Um, 
the highest SD card I've ever seen was 64 gigs. I'm sure there's 128 gigs out there somewhere. But what they could do is... I have use a little the, micro SD that's two terabytes. Do you really? Yeah, just a little thing like this. So like what they could be, crazy. the SD cards could hold multiple games, and that could be your storage system. And you can exchange them for other ones if you fill up. Mm-hmm. So that's possibly what they could be doing. I don't see them wasting SD cards, those little micro, easy-to-lose cards the, for... Every single Surely game. you have right. an online account for that, right? You know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like cloud where you, storage or where, something. Where you buy into... And you, yeah, does and it you have built-in Wi-Fi? Yes, it does. Okay. You know that for sure? Have yeah. they said that? Okay. Yeah, I think they did say that. I don't think storage is the main issue. Storage is, is pretty easy to get the storage you need for games. The main issue is transfer speeds from that storage. So an SD card may not be able to do high enough transfer speeds. Uh, speeds for the video quality mm-hmm. and lag and that kind of stuff in the system itself. Right. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it works. That's going to be the defining moment of that system is, does it actually do what I want it to do? Will it last for more than two hours outside of its cradle? You know, those kind of things. So it'll be it'll be interesting to On see. On that trailer, they're taking it over with the beach, yeah, <laughs> the barbecue, yeah. the plane. So there was two different consoles that, or uh, controllers. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah there's a pro true. controller. There's a pro controller that looks a lot like the Xbox controller, which I'm okay with because mm-hmm. it's the best controller. And then they had the uh, the very versatile one, which you could switch between one and two people playing on one controller. It yeah, just yeah. splits in half. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Easy to lose stuff. Yeah. But it looks like a lot of fun. And it looked like if somebody else has their Switch with them and you've got your Switch, that they'll, just, they'll just link up and you can play four players on something with two screens. Yeah. Or they awesome. had a team. That was looked like they were playing together with like six of them. Didn't Samsung yeah, who won have that championship? A... I was I was wondering <laughs> yeah. video, who won the championship that day. You're a legend. Folks wonder why you left. Purple Heart, Silver Star. There is this big dent in the desk. People say you made it with someone's head. Jack Reacher for Major Turner. Major Turner has been arrested. On what charge? Espionage. He's been set up. Jack Reacher 2. Tom Cruise is back as the ex-military man, and uh, this time. He um he's doing stuff. <laughs> he he yes. didn't want to go back and never, they told and they listen, told him never can we go back. Start here, can we start here? How do you name your sequel Never Go Back? You are just asking for it. Right? No, you're, like asking, you're just asking for every reviewer, every critic yes. ever to go, yeah, you should have listened to your own advice. Yes, <laughs> never yeah. go back. Yes. Well, we know how Aaron feels about this movie now. Not necessarily. I'm just <laughs> saying that's an ill-advised name for a sequel. Oh, if there is going to be a negative review, then that's Yeah, you're just giving what... them you know, fodder to be able to use. So Jack Reacher, never go back. Um, Let's start here before we even get into our feelings on this. Did you see the original Jack Reacher? Yes, and it was good. You enjoyed the original Jack Reacher? The original one was I actually good. really liked the original Jack Reacher. I thought it was f- a lot of fun. I, I have never I n- have never seen the first Jack Reacher. Okay. Um, And um, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to come into this wondering, is this possible that this could be a standalone movie? No, that's great. Without you have a perspective that we don't have. I'm I'm going to keep my opinion until after bed, I think. All right, here we go. So let's just start with the overall. Did you like it, love it, it was okay, didn't like it, or did you hate it? Andrew. I don't want to say I hated it, but I really didn't like really it. Didn't like really it. didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Jack? I came into this knowing that this would be awesome. I knew that this movie uh-huh. would be unbelievable. And then it basically, our trip to the theater, it, it not quite to that level, but almost became a uh, recruiting trip or like a just a scouting mission uh-huh. for my own podcast. So, <laughs> Got it. Got it. His podcast, it's by the way, once again, movie horrible movie podcast. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely was um, 
I, I don't want to say I was disappointed. I, there were a couple times when I chuckled because it was like, I, I don't I don't know. They were I, bad chuckles for yeah. me. Like, oh, and I just God, go, oh. what is wrong with you? Uh, I'm strongly in the disliked it. It lulled. Well. Disliked it lulled it. some weird parts too. Okay, like, so here's the thing. Happening? Here's the thing. First movie was really good. That's the disappointing will, part, right? I've yeah. heard that. I've heard it, and that's why I was excited about this one. I, I, I think this movie for me, and we'll get into some of the details. But it is one of the hardest things for me to go to a sequel of a movie I enjoyed and for it to completely let me down like this. Yeah. And for this movie, it's almost like it took everything I loved about the first movie and said, well, let's do the opposite of that in this movie. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, do you not know what made that first movie somewhat of a hit? You know, that's a little bit exciting. I could so easily make a trailer for this second movie and and without even seeing the first movie. And uh, I may at some point. So if I break into trailer mode, just play along. (laughs) Let's go ahead and start with the negatives this time, just because since none of us really liked it, I'm sure there's more on our plate that way. What are some of the specific things about this movie you come away going, oh, why did you do that? I was able to, just using context clues and having uh, any any intelligence at all, was able to figure out that Jack Reacher, again, I haven't seen the first one, Jack Reacher is this kind of lone wolf type character. He plays by his own rules. Right. And then they saddled him down <laughs> yes! with, with what they saddled him down with. Yeah. Can I talk about that? We're not spoiling. Well, anything, we're not right? spoiling anything, but I, I mean, um, I think I don't uh, think this is a spoiler to say that Kobe Smulders is in this movie. Which as, I was excited about. I And I I don't know that I was excited she was in the movie, but she's never um, struck me as, you know, a negative part of a that, film, And maybe really. that's what it was. I was like, if you're going to include uh, a person in that sort of role, that uh, that's to the type of person that might be able to pull this off. So. so one at one point in the movie, Jack Reacher looks at her and says something along the lines of, I usually do this alone or something like that. Or, you know, I work better alone. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's you're, exactly the point. You're, you're Jack Reacher. Why are and they don't only just saddle him with her. They saddle him with another character that becomes oh, an integral okay. part of the plot, so which is always was my re- main dis- yeah. uh, dislike. Okay. Annika Yarosh, who plays a person in this movie. Mm hmm. Worst performance in this entire movie. Oh, yeah, I was Could bad. not stand her character, and every single time she was on screen, which was for the entire movie, I was angry. <laughs> Just angry? I was angry. Yeah. No, she wasn't great. I'll, I'll also say this. I thought Tom Cruise was fine. I think he's a decent actor. He does his Tom Cruise thing. Yes. In fact, if there is one bright spot for the movie, I guess I'll go ahead and show my hand here. It's Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. I do think he's a great actor, and there were some moments where he was able to shine through, even though the movie around him mm-hmm. was awful. Other than him... I didn't really like anybody's performance. Not Even Kobe person. Smolders. I was like, yeah. you don't look like a good actor in this movie. No, I, I don't had, run very I well I had either. two pros for this movie. One was <laughs> Did Tom you just say they don't run they very don't run well? very well either. <laughs> yeah. And run! And I can see it. And they're running. And that like robot T- runs. T-1000. Yeah. T- <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had two pros for this movie. One was Tom Cruise, because you know he just has this presence that every single movie it just carries The through. charisma is insane for oh, that he man. Is? And oh. the action scenes in this movie, they weren't as good as the first movie. But some of the combat scenes were kind of fun to watch. That is true. But here's the problem. And this is what I this is what I said. The there aren't enough of them. No. In the first movie, it never he lets were, you go. It's just it's momentum, and there's action throughout it. He, he beats up everybody in the first movie. And it doesn't the, matter if he just met him or if he's like, oh, there's a guy across the street. I'm going to go beat the crap out of him because it's I been five sandwich. minutes. I want that sandwich. Give me that sandwich. In yeah. this in this movie, I, it was. There was so few action. I felt like uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Like, you do eventually have action in your action movie, right? You yeah. Know, like, it's, where was it? And yeah. It, 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 when it happened, it was okay. 
but it just wasn't there enough. And the, I think the main reason is they've tried to invest so much in those relationships. Mm. And the relationships weren't only uh, bogging down the action. They also weren't important to the story, really. And you weren't engaged in those relationships. You weren't like, oh, man, I really hope this works right. out. Right. You're like, this is kind of a, who cares if this works out? Yeah. So they took the plot of this movie and they laid it on a sheet of paper mache and said, please don't poke any holes in this. Because <laughs> if you do, everything is just going to come falling yeah. through. Oh. And uh, there's plenty of areas to poke some holes and uh, oh, send this goodness. movie falling down. So I have two more two more negatives where the movie took what happened in the first one and mm-hmm. then completely did the opposite in this one. The first is the complexity and the intrigue of the central mystery. In the first movie, that was actually pretty interesting, pretty complex, and kept my brain moving like, oh, who did that and how did that happen? This movie, it was simple, and even once you knew what was going on, there wasn't really any couldn't care anything to it. Yeah, there was, there was no reason all. to care about there, it. It seemed predictable like yeah. the whole thing i'm just like i this is probably where they're going right and then they did and you're like what what why yeah <laughs> why are we here right now doing that why, why are we doing that and it's like weird so dumb and then the other thing and this may be the the main thing i loved about the first movie and the main reason i'm disappointed with the second movie in the first movie jack reacher was not only a lone wolf he was also kind of omniscient like he knew Everything that was about to happen. He was always one step ahead. He always had the right move at the right time. He knew exactly how to best each person. He was one. And we don't see that a lot these days in movies because we kind of like our our superheroes flawed now. We like them to have, you know, something to work through and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I want to go to a movie to see something that I can't do myself. I can, Exactly. I mean, I I want someone just to just destroy people in movies and that's what like jack that. reacher did in the first movie that's, and then in this movie yeah he he is they do all those things that i was just talking they make him flawed they make him kind of fumble around yeah. a little bit and not he know has what's to going pay on. a mortgage in this movie <laughs> and his car payments so not yeah. really, that's not real folks so that was that was rough for me mm-hmm. uh anything else I you wanted to bring to the table could not wait for this movie to end man see yeah, that, and I hate having that feeling. Yeah, in like please just get this over with. So sad. I have one last thing. Yeah, here's go ahead. my one last. Do thing. your one last thing. Based on actually these two movies, the first one and this one, I am 100 percent convinced now that this movie is brought to us by the Federal Transit Association or the administration because every single movie is him riding a bus somewhere. <laughs> like, the first movie, he's on a bus like five or six times. This movie, he's on a bus like five or six times. Guy loves public transit. And yeah. he uses it. And yeah, I 100% am convinced that hey, FDA uh, is paying for this movie. Best way to get away. One other transportation uh, trivia. What uh, car company uh, apparently bought uh, the uh, branding rights for this thing? <laughs> you guys notice? Oh, What's the what's the, the company with the trident? It's uh, think about the van they were in. The, I the old listen. Freddy you van. are talking to the wrong but guy. If you're going to talk cars, cl- all of the police cars were all Chrysler. It's all Chrysler. Oh yeah. The van was an old caravan, Dodge caravan, an old one, like mm-hmm. with the with the uh, wood with sides the wood on it, but like the spoiler alert. It's been <laughs> kidding. An, I've been eighty five or so, and then. Uh, we had one of all those. All the cars were Chrysler. So. Did you ever have a wood panel van? No, I thought you meant a caravan. I was like, we still have and one that's of those. Why I, I think I knew that. So, <laughs> No, no, a wood panel van. Yeah, but you don't we have, used to have one of those. Yeah, you don't have that, 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 that one. The only car I remember that we had that was notable, we had one of those cars that would talk to you. 
like when you well, like Kirby, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you would leave a door open and be like, "Your door is ajar," instead of like, uh, you know, what? Yeah, are the, you from the future? Yeah, the fuel this is low. No, this was a real car mm. in the eighties. My car today doesn't even talk to me. I know because it was silly. <laughs> what car was it? I don't remember, but uh, maybe New Yorker. Was it maybe Chrysler oh, New Yorker? Chrysler? Was it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Was it was. It? it was a Dynasty or. And my dad was Dick Van Dyke. What? All right. Um, Do you have one more thing about the movie, Jack? Anything else you wanted to mention? I was uh, disappointed. I I really was disappointed. And um, I expected nonstop action because I'd heard about Mm -hmm. the first one being nonstop action. Yeah. And then uh, when we were driving home, uh, producer Phil kind of told me, well, he didn't really spoil it for me because he's really good about not spoiling things like that. But he's like, he kind of gave me the outline of a couple things. And then I was like, that sounds so much better than that. <laughs> Why don't you just stick to that? I would highly recommend uh, you go watch the first movie. Um, yeah. I was like, you're going to say this one. I'm like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Um, oh, the first one's good. My one more With thing Werner is... Werner Herzog was in that. Oh, that's right. Herzog. He was playing okay. Werner Herzog, basically. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, I lied. One last thing. So I haven't the, even done my one last thing yet. Okay, Why do you get a second one last thing? Two last Because things. then it won't be my last thing. All right, fine, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Robert Nepper, who plays Theodore Bagwell in Prison Break, he's in this movie oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. He has the Werner Herzog character in this. He's supposed to be the top-of-the-chain villain in this. No, it's, zero purpose to his character. Completely What's, bland. Yeah, yeah, completely bland. It was mainly about the other operative, and that was supposed to be the big controversy and, mm-hmm. you know, the conflict between him and Jack Reacher, because, you know, they're both very well-versed in combat. They know, like, all the secret spy stuff. And we'll get into it in the in the spoilers. Yeah, but... But even their didn't... final conflict was lame. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Very, very lame. It was so bad. Okay, Aaron, one last thing. Well, I don't want to do one now, since you did two. Ooh. I'm a pout. I'm just kidding. Technically, if I do two things, <laughs> one of them is not a last thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, my one last thing is, despite how awful this movie is, I kind of still want another one. As I, like, There's something in me that's like, you can recapture what it was that made that first one fun. And I, and I came away from that first one loving the Jack Reacher character mm-hmm. so much. And to come out of this one and be so disappointed, I don't want it to end this way. <laughs> like I want you to bring back the character I loved, and They'll there's plenty it. of source material. They'll make another one. How there's, many books are there? I don't remember how many, but there's a lot of Jack Reacher books, so I know they've got you know source material they can dig into. But um, even how bad this is, I I still kind of want another one because they'll up the ante in the third one. I hope so. Can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. Are you excited for the Jack Reacher character or the Tom Cruise aspect of it? Because you don't think that he can capture that in like a dark, gritty Mission Impossible movie. Well of, well, of course, but I want my Ethan Hunt and my Jack Reacher. I want them both. <laughs> okay. In this world, you can be whoever you want. Are you real? Well, if you can't tell, does it matter? Well, let's switch from uh, movies to television and go into the new HBO series, Westworld, Based on a Michael Crichton property, uh, he I wrote think, the book. And I think directed there was the a movie. book, and and he actually directed. Director Dan wrote the movie. The movie as With well. Bill Brenner. And mm-hmm. so this is an expansion of that universe, a universe where uh, people can go to amusement park where there are, let's just say, robots, artificial intelligence, 
synthetics, yeah. Yeah, that play these different Western characters, and so people can go and experience their version of what the Wild West was mm-hmm. and all the debauchery that is involved there. Yes. They're welcome to participate. It's a movie that speaks a lot about video games in some ways it's kind of the grand theft auto yeah, idea is. of yeah. little side it, missions and yeah what show. you know or closer you, to red dead which is another rockstar property sure but yeah. sure yeah. so the I, the moral dilemma being would you do this stuff in a video game that you wouldn't do in real life mm-hmm. and is that okay and what if it's even more real like this and it feels real so it covers that as well as the sci-fi aspects mm-hmm. a lot of different things there Lots of great actors. You've got Anthony mm. Hopkins. Uh, boy, lots. I can't even... Ed Harris, James Marsden. Uh, Those are the three big ones. It's Jeffrey hard. Wright, Jimmy Simpson. Is it Rachel Evan Wood? Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. And uh, Tia Rossi. I forget her name, but she's remarkable in this as well. Tia so, Rossi. And uh, uh, you, you mentioned... Um, Ed Harris, who is always phenomenal. The Man in Black. And then who else did you mention right off the uh, bat? Jimmy Simpson. No, no, no. no. Um... Uh, Marsden. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He is one of my favorite underrated actors right now. I think mm-hmm. he does good stuff. He always gets every movie he's ever been, he always gets the shaft. He's like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. someone else gets his girl. Sad or, guy Marsden. He is sad guy Marsden. <laughs> I mean, poor, if he's Cyclops, if he's uh, Lois Lane's uh, husband or yeah. whatever. I mean, no like, man has been that handsome and <laughs> has had that much bad luck. It's weird. So now, he does get. Cinderella, you talk about Cinderella, isn't he in Cinderella? I believe he is, yes. He does get the girl in that one. There you, well, correct? spoiler alert. Well, if <laughs> folks, if you don't know about Cinderella, then welcome to Earth. Um, Your first day here. What are we through? Four? Three. I think I've seen four. Then you're in the future. Am I? Okay. I yeah. We're three. I think okay, we're three, three. We're three in? Yeah, okay. I think. Here's how I want this question answered. So can we do theories moving forward or is that absolutely I, I, no no no. I was gonna say actually if if you don't want spoilers, this may be a little treacherous because with television it's so much harder. And considering we're only three episodes in. And we're yeah. only three episodes in, so you know, it's not like we're gonna give away something from the end of season one or and something, but we kind of gave the general synopsis of what the show is kind of about. So, so I think I think we'll just try to avoid overt like those moments in the show that, you know, yeah. were huge. Um, right. But yeah, I think theories are fine. I, think. I have two theories for the show. So yeah, let's let's hold on the theories and let's talk sure. about the quality of the show first. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Jack, oh, what do you it's, think? It's it's so good. Like it's um, as Game of Thrones is. Mm-hmm. And that, granted, they're so far different. I mean, it's not even the no, same. There's some similarities, but yeah. But I'm saying one's about, you know. Fantasy. Fantasy. High and one's fantasy, sci-fi. And the other's sci-fi. Yeah. But the, uh, like, <laughs> I'm like one's uh, this, uh and you're like this genre. Anyway, sorry. Um, I will be your voice. It was Jack. funny to me. One was uh, you know Alf the movie, and then the other was uh, Growing Pains. Um, okay, so I feel like this just again just shows how awesome television is, and how when you do it right, and you do it, and you put money into it, and you do great casting. Casting is huge. Uh, never cast kid actors, but the other is. Um, it's just awesome. The the visuals of it, it's crazy. I think for me... Great story, too, man. It, the story is really interesting. And I think for me, I love a fully realized universe. Where, yeah, you feel like, where you feel like they understand this world so well. And you know they do. Because yes. you've got Abrams producing. Yes. You've got Nolan producing. Well, um, yeah. and not Jonathan, Chris Nolan, but Jonathan Nolan's writing it. His brother, yeah, yeah. who wrote all the Dark Knight movies. He wrote Inception. So, he wrote Interstellar. Yeah, so he you, wrote some movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know they've had meetings where they have laid out 
the details of this universe Huge. and how yeah. it works. Absolutely. And you can feel that on the screen. And I love that. And one of the reasons I love that is because you don't get distracted by a lot of confusing things or nonsense. Yes. There's there's always going to be something where you go, well, would that really work that way? And that's going to happen every once in a while with anything. Yeah. But I, for the most part, it's a very consistent universe. And that, mm-hmm. that really appeals to me. You know, it gives me a foundation to work off of. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. And you brought up Game of Thrones. And I think that you can actually compare these two because you brought up whenever a show has a defined universe to where they set the laws and um, everybody knows how everything works, that makes for a much, much more exciting television show because the audience themselves can feel like they're in that world because they understand how everything works. Mm-hmm. So that's how it gets them. Um, here's my big thing for the show. So the fact that uh, they were able to make a show that makes you care more about the synthetic androids than the actual people mm-hmm. is it speaks volumes to how well written this show is because mm-hmm. I think it's amazing how they can take the worst parts of humanity. Like, what would you do if you had carte blanche? If you could do anything you want, right. no, no ramifications, mm-hmm. how horrible of a per- person are you really mm-hmm. and the things that some people do in this show because they can do whatever they want just makes you really worried about humanity well, that, in general and that's what i was talking about with the moral choices of video games you know i'll go back to grand theft auto or I the think internet or the internet in general like sure Sure. Just, just the world that is the internet in general. I but mean, I, yeah. I think of like, you know, when you put yourself in a video game that you get points for, you know, running someone over or, right. you know, yeah. you get points for, you know, um, killing someone or whatever. Or stealing their car. Or, or stealing a car or right. whatever, you know. Um, we're in this world. It's just because it's it's two dimensional. It's on a screen. We're not dealing with, you know, it doesn't feel as real as something like Westworld would. Yeah. So Christopher Nolan said that he actually took two video games and he used them as his baseline for this universe. One of them was Red Dead Redemption, which is made by the same people who make GTA, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Autos. And the other was Bioshock. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever played Bioshock? I've never before? played it. Mm-mm. Okay, so it's it's it, it's you know, it's a very defined universe with very set rules and how everything works. So that's you can definitely feel that in this show and how Everything is set to perfection. How it's yeah, supposed it f- to go? It feels like a you know an open ended video game, and those aren't necessarily. I don't even enjoy those games. I, in I, fact, I don't. I like those games. What yeah, What I are those too. called? See, I don't even know. Open what, world. Open world. Yeah, yeah. The open world games where you kind of choose. Like, I want to know what my objective you want is. Levels. Every, you want, yeah, you I want, want levels. I do. I want to scroll left to right. I want to jump over the you yeah, know yeah. the little turtles and and get to the flag. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I like some of those those games with levels, but man, like. Skyrim, it's probably my, of all the games I've ever played, it's probably my favorite favorite game where it's just like, it's so open world and it it's you can play it forever. And, you, and change characters and play that character, hold a whole different scenario with those characters. So, I, so it's good. It's written well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the acting is phenomenal. They've you obviously got top-notch people in it. Yeah. Um, the world is very consistent. There's a lot of mystery to it. Uh, so that there's always stuff to think about. You know, you talk about theory or uh, theorizing, which we'll get into here mm-hmm. in a, in just a second. Mm-hmm. But there's always stuff to like. Why is that that way? Why is you know? And even just thinking about the stories in Westworld and how they do their narratives, you know, and and they go into the behind the scenes of okay, we're going to start a new narrative with this group, and 
we need this many new, you and know. I love that. All that stuff is so right. incredible and so interesting. And, and to get into the mind. Now, the key, even in the first episode or two, I think, to what's happening in this first season, at least, is some kind of programming has been changed in the AI that mm-hmm. they're actually remembering things. Yeah, and they don't, and they don't know who has kind of caused this to So all of a sudden, you know, some, you know, the farmer's daughter who part of her story is often that she'll get raped or something like that yeah. is all of a sudden remembering all these encounters with all these different violent men mm-hmm. and how would that affect somebody right. even though she is an artificial intelligence because she's every, been programmed to feel like a human because mm-hmm. every single night the the synthetics the host as they're called their memories are wiped of what has happened to them the right. day before right so now they're starting to remember what these guests the humans coming to this theme park are doing to them mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, and then you've got Ed Harris playing the man in black, the man and you kind of wonder what he's up to. There's something to do with a maze, mm-hmm. and he's trying to find the next level of the game. Which is very and, weird. And like you know, he, that he's that's been playing that's for, one of my theories, so. That he's yeah. been playing for 30 years. 30 yeah, years. he's been coming for 30 years. And, mm-hmm. Is that literal? Yeah, yeah I think literally, so. Literally, I think literally so. it's literal. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's get into theories. Okay. So what do you think this place is? Can we start there? Okay. First of all, is this Earth? Yeah, it's Earth. It way in the future Earth, and I bet it's I I envision it being land that they own that they've bought in the West, but at one point they're going they have they have underground facilities mm-hmm. and they're going up into this facility. Yeah, they go through a door on. I think the, it's an amusement planet. I whoa. think I think it is a a. I, I thought it was gonna be like a holodeck at first. I thought it was gonna be like on <laughs> yeah. Star Trek Next Generation be a holodeck at first. But. Yeah. I think it's an amusement planet, and they have others uh, like you know, like Roman World, and they do different they do. things like that. There's a he, uh, Michael Crichton actually wrote a couple different books. One of them is Future World, right. and there there are different theme parks, right, for different areas. So I I don't know that it's Earth, but that's one of my questions. Okay, what about you, Andrew? What are you theorizing so I have about? Two theories. Okay, one of them is actually both of them deal with Ed Harris and what he wants. So the, the man maze, in black, yeah, the man in black. One of my theories for him is that what he wants, what the maze, what the end game for him is. Here's my theory. I think he wants to become one of the synthetics. I think his goal is to become a host because he's been coming to this theme park for 30 years. Hmm. Every single person that he's interacted with for 30 years has stayed the same age while he is getting older and older and older. So I think he wants to upload his consciousness into a host so he can live forever. Okay. Here's my other theory, and this one's really crazy. Uh, Jimmy Simpson's character, who is the young, timid guy who it's his first mm-hmm. time. His hat, friend's trying hat. to get him to do all the bad stuff. The white hat. He's got the white yeah. hat. Here's my theory. That's Ed Harris as a young man. I've, all that stuff's in... I've wondered in, about and that. And I thought that, too. And, it's, okay. and there's this crossed-up time, time like they're, Yeah, they're basically... I think it's it almost over, a given yeah. that there's a that there's a time shift happening here somewhere that we don't know about. Right. Yeah. Um, and it might be... It might be that there are two characters that are the same character. I thought about that. I wondered about that. Um, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. So. Um, man, there's so much going on in this. Uh, the other thing that I would say that I've theorized about, I I can guarantee you one of the people who is working on this park is a synthetic. Or all, maybe all of them. Um, the guy, especially the way Anthony Hopkins talks to um, the Jeff- guy. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. All, he almost talks to him like a synthetic. Like there are times when he will reset his thinking about something, and it sounds like he's talking to a synthetic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Jeffrey Wright's character is a synthetic. 
That'd be interesting. Show. That would be really interesting. I am I am with you 100 convinced that one person that is working on the park Somebody is, a, is, is, a, yeah. is a synthetic host. Or, yeah, host. I keep getting guest and host mixed up for some No, reason. totally understandable. Yeah. I just... Uh, there, we haven't mentioned there's another part of this universe where they can kill these mm-hmm. hosts, um, but they can't kill other guests, and guests can't be killed by hosts, or right. the, somehow yeah. the guns operate differently when you shoot you know, the synthetics as opposed to shooting a human. Although it looks like the humans do get kind of like the impact of a shot. They get like a paintball, like, yeah, like on them or something something like that. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing to stop if a synthetic goes crazy or something and they grab a rock, which, you know, that part of the show. Yeah. There's nothing to stop. I mean, they're supposed to be programming, uh, but yeah, (laughs) that was a crazy scene. So I don't know. I there's a lot of ways this show could go, and I'm really interested to see them. I just hope that the show, and this is a possible con. I hope that it doesn't fall down the. I keep referring to it as the lost rabbit. I was going to ask you about yeah, twists and turns for the sake of having twists and turns. Mm-hmm, right. I think that Jonathan Nolan is a brilliant enough writer, and with J.J. Uh, Abrams at the helm, we won't have to worry about that. But it is still a possibility. Anytime you deal with a. Uh, a mind-bending show like sure. this or uh, Mr. Robot, anything where, you know, the whole sole purpose is to tick, trick the audience that it can go wrong really quick. See, I don't think the whole purpose should be to trick the audience. I think what they're trying to do is tell a story where they reveal the information at its most crucial point for the story. And that allows, uh, like, it allows buy-in from the audience, you know. Um, Game of Thrones does a lot of that, you know, where mm-hmm. you, you have something revealed at the exact right time. Mm-hmm. Think of the expansiveness of the Game of Thrones universe. Right. Well, the good thing and is... think is of what Game... that could be for a show like this, oh, yeah. you know? The good thing is Game of Thrones has had over 20 years to make sure that their story's right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and it comes from a source material that is written that in depth, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that is a difference as well. And that's but... the thing, I don't think Westworld was written that in depth, it was just one book. So, so, so. I guess... I guess I should say, from what I'm hearing, we're all in, right? Like, love and it. we're all definitely going to keep awesome. watching it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll give the typical HBO warning, especially with this show, especially oh, because doubt, when the yeah. synthetics are being worked on, they sure. don't they don't wear clothes. Yeah. So there's a lot of naked robots, right? That look like naked humans because they are actually naked humans. Yeah. Uh, so be aware what? of that and, and it's, the language wait, wait and the violence. <laughs> really? And it's weird because as opposed to Game of Thrones, it's not sexual, right? No, and absolutely. Actually, that makes it like creepier in a well, way i think it makes it more authentic it feels very real you know right. it's not done for titillation it's done because that's the real world environment that they would be working mm-hmm. in and there's also something very debasing about it yeah for the ai and it's one of the ways that they trick so to speak us into caring so much for these robots is how debasingly they are treated right and you know like they don't even matter yeah yeah, they're just in. They're just in. You can understand that, right? Like, well, I mean, they're machines. They're created. It's, a, it's a, our cell phone. You know, it's when it's done, you throw it away. Like, yeah, it's you it's know, like it's maximum yeah. overdrive with uh, Emilio Estevez. Whenever the machines come alive, they can't imagine that these. Never mind. <laughs> Jack, Jack no, just brought is, us back to this uh, is not the West overdrive. Wing. <laughs> this is not the West Wing. This is Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> the West Wing Westworld crossover is coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually real life. Right now yeah. is the West Wing West. <laughs> Man, if Sorkin <laughs> was to write on this show, that'd just be interesting. People that'd be would the next start level. Talk, people would start talking very quickly. <laughs> That's right. A lot more information would get out. Yeah. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. It is how this podcast and other podcasts on the Studio DNA podcast network happen. 
uh, if you go to patreon.com slash studio DNA, you will see uh, uh, all the podcasts that happen there and the way they're made possible through your gift. A buck a month helps. $3 a month allows you early access to the podcast. And if you are a patron, there is now a patron-only podcast feed. If you love doing podcasts, you can uh, take that feed, input it into your podcast player, and you will not only get all the actual podcasts from every podcast on the network, you'll get all the bonus stuff as well that's for patrons only. Them exclusive pre-shows. Today's, we talked about our favorite movie snacks, so had a good conversation on that and some other fun stuff. Uh, only patrons get that uh, access that stuff. So if you want to give a buck a month, a couple bucks a month, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. And you can check out all the perks and everything there at patreon.com slash studio DNA. All right, let's go on to the best ever challenge, okay. uh, where we name the best ever uh, in a particular category. We're going to do best Tom Cruise movies. Now, a reminder: this is not the best Tom Cruise performance ever. They're the best movies ever that Tom Cruise is in. So we'll go number three to number one. We'll do some honorable mentions after we're done. We're going to have a lot of honorable mentions. Andrew has already uh, guessed that we will have all have different top three. Okay. Uh, I really so do think be, we will. So this should be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, let's. I'll start this time. I don't usually get to start. Go so for it. I will start with my number three, Edge of Tomorrow. I, you mean Live, wow. Die, Repeat? <laughs> yeah, Live, <laughs> Die, Repeat. I loved Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I, I watched it several times. There, There's only one thing about it. Literally, that movie has one flaw for me, and it's a big one, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I don't like the ending. I don't like... I totally agree. I, it, other than that, it's almost a perfect movie. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy Edge of Tomorrow. Great performances, um, great action, Tom Cruise being his Tom Cruisiest. I love it. Yeah. Jack, number three. Number three, I'm going with um, Minority Report. Very nice. Mm. Uh, Love really, that movie. really like Minority Report. I know that I read at some point I read where the uh, script for Minority Report it it had been around in Hollywood so long that when it first started out it was the script for Total Recall Two. Oh, interesting! And it eventually became Minority Report. Wow! Oh, Look that's that up. cool. Hey, fact check me all you want. I'm sure that's. <laughs> I, but I remember reading. I don't want to fact check you. That's just. Too I'm let's just thinking, believe it. Let's yeah. just say the it. Weirdest thing I've ever read in my whole life. Where it, it had kicked around Hollywood for so long, and then it morphed into it's morphing time into Minority um, <laughs> Report. Well, we've we've already got our first shared one. Um, that's actually my number one. Aww. It is my favorite Tom Cruise movie of all really? time. Really good, Minority Report. Well, there I, you go. That, I just got debunked though. <laughs> debunked. I. Uh, you talk about a world that is fully realized in a universe that I you know a sci-fi universe that I just want to live in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Minority Report is like that for me. And to think of when it came out. In the things that it was doing that are right. even more prescient today, yep. mm-hmm. uh, very very good. Um, uh, yeah, Minority Report is my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Six stick. Sorry, good call. Go ahead, Andrew. What's your number three? Magnolia. Okay, decent choice. Would have been in my honorable mentions for sure. Would okay, yeah. What, um, what, what was it about? So <laughs> so many things. <laughs> I remember yeah, so many things. <laughs> I remember Paul Thomas this. Anderson things. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those movies. Did you ever see Crash? It's one of those movies where there's yes. so many different stories mm-hmm. that they all get uh, intertwined and webbed together in it's one weird of ways. In in, in a weird too. PTA way, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you ever see Paul Thomas Anderson directing a movie, you, you better buckle up because it's going to go to some weird places. Well, it was one of two. It's one of two Tom Cruise performances I can think of where he really steps outside of the Tom Cruise 
He was nominated but, for an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, he he is not your typical Tom Cruise in this movie. He's a relationship speaker, right, in Magnolia? In, in a, a very dirty one. A very dirty, uh, misogynistic, mm-hmm. women are to be tamed for your sexual desires sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, very weird to see Tom Cruise in that role, but it's a really good performance, even though you're not supposed to like that character. Right. So. It, it's Paul Thomas Anderson... I am not a huge PTA fan, which is why it's not in my top three. I'm a diehard fan. Right, and and, and people who love him get him in a way that I just don't get him. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a little too strange, a little too abstract, and I don't see the metaphorical pieces coming together like I like to. Um, So, But I get that he's doing something interesting, and so you know, I I definitely give people... um, I don't don't fault anybody for loving PTA. It's a big-budget art house film. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What, number twos. Do you, do you know the uh, before we get to our number twos? Yep. Do you know the other Tom Cruise performance that I that I think is uh, stepping outside of his box? Born on the Fourth of July. No, um, no that's still pretty much. Tom oh, Cruise. I know, I know what it is. Tropic Thunder. It's Tropic Thunder. It's Tropic isn't Thunder. It? Yeah. yeah. What a crazy performance! It was so good. <laughs> it's a crazy movie when you really think about it. I mean, just the whole the whole uh, thing. I went with friends who had no idea what yeah, that, that movie that was, was going to be, and those fake trailers start at the beginning. Those yes. fake commercials. Oh, right. it's so funny! And they're right. like, "What did you drag us to?" And, they're, and, they're, and, and I'm sure they were awkwardly watching Robert Downey Jr. in that, going, "We can't." He yeah, can't, he can't do that. He can't do this. <laughs> All right. He's not allowed to do this. Uh, how, long did, how long did it take you to realize that was Tom Cruise? Uh, oh, I knew right away. Oh, I didn't. It took me a long... I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. Who oh, is, nice. And it took me a That's long fun. time to realize it was That's him. That's fun. Yep, number two. My number two is A Few Good Men. Mm. Um, I... One of the... Can't handle truth. One of the best written movies of all time. Sorkin. I'm a huge Sorkin fan and uh, absolutely love... Can I? There are very few scenes in the history of cinema that would be in the conversation for best scene of all time, mm-hmm. and that courtroom scene is one of them. Yeah, that's you know true. the you can't handle the truth. Absolutely, Jack Nicholson, it's, Tom it's referencing so many. You things want me that, on that wall? Yeah, sort of you, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my number two. Good call. Good call. Yep, Jack. My number two is Vanilla Sky. Wow, a good movie. I I think it, I it did came, not even have that it, in it my came out honorable two, mentions. It, it, here's why: it came out in 2001, and it was doing some things with cryo, you know, cryogenic stuff there. Like when, uh-huh. spoiler alert, uh, yeah. and the when he yells, when he yells tech support in there, it's like the <laughs> that for me. You talk about iconic things where like I will something uh-huh. crappy will happen with a computer, and in my brain, <laughs> I currently still yell tech support, tech support. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I thought it was uh, pretty genius, and like we talked about, you know, Westworld and kind of things going awry. And in that, I mean, he's basically in cryogenic stasis, mm-hmm. and it's he's starting to thaw out of it. But it's like this weird. It's a, it's you're an inter- seeing it from his perspective, yeah. and then that's um. Well, you assume you're seeing it from his perspective, by the way, because anyway, the ending. Who's right. who's the director on that? That was uh the same oh. guy that did um. Oh, the, it's one of those things. If you hadn't mentioned it, I would know it. So <laughs> uh, he did the, the now I can't even remember the other movie he did where he was a reporter and rock and roll and oh rock of ages no no no, no Cameron not Tom Crowe Cameron Crowe oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. he did yeah. almost famous almost famous that's is what, what I was thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. and almost heroes with Chris Farley I'm just joking okay, I was saying good. wait he did what? <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> okay Matthew Perry and Chris Farley yeah Cameron Crowe Cameron Crowe almost famous number two yeah number two Last Samurai really yeah. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Cool. And this is one of those times we were mentioning it doesn't have to be a good Tom Cruise performance. Right. Because really, it's Ken Watanabe who steals Fair that enough. entire movie. And 
I've always been fascinated with Japanese culture, and I know it's ironic to have Tom Cruise in a movie called The Last Samurai, but just I think that the world building in that and just really immersing you in the samurai culture and just Japanese culture in general about honor and tradition and family was one of the most beautiful stories I've ever told, and you have Hans Zimmer scoring one of the most beautiful soundtracks of all time. Cool. So Very cool. Well, I already gave my number one. It was Minority Report. So, Jack? Mission Impossible 3. The third one. Here's why. Here's why. J.J. Um, Abrams directed it. It's a great movie. And he saved it from... I don't know. A dumpster fire, basically, for me. Basically, the second one. The second, I hated the second yeah, one. Yeah, and he made it. This is why that, Jack Reacher should come back. Yes, just and give it to will. J.J. Abrams. He'll save it. When all else fails, J.J. Abrams is there to help you. That's yep. right. But anyway, that that one, Mission Impossible 3, by far my favorite Mission Impossible movie. Even better than, is the fourth one where he scales the... Ghost Protocol? Yeah, where he's scaling up the side of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 Where, was it? where am I? Uh, in Dubai. Dubai. In Dubai. Yeah, yeah. 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 I almost said Tibet. I actually, I actually ranked my top eleven Tom Cruise movies, Jeez. Um, just because I, I wanted to. But uh, I ha- actually had the first Mission Impossible ahead of Mission Impossible Three. There's just something about that original. I mission. have one, four, five, and then three, and then two. I have one, three, four, then five mm. is my order. But they're all right there, clumped together in my list. But, but yeah, I it's it's great. Mission Impossible Three is great. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. Number one. And it's my number eight movie of all time. Ooh. Wow. Collateral. Wow. Collateral yeah. damage? No, with not the Schwarzenegger movie. Yes. That was a no, joke. No, yes. Collateral with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise as the assassin Vincent hiding in the back of the cab mm. of Jamie Foxx as the cab driver <gasps> in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that No, it's that a good movie. movie. Cool. Yeah. It's a, a man, Michael Mann movie who made, you know, like... Uh, I don't know if you've ever been a fan of the heist movies. You know, he's done one called Heat. If you've ever heard of Heat. Have you ever heard of a little movie called Heat? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, Collateral. And he has a very interesting style of film because I think he actually still records on film. And uh, chemistry between him and Jamie Foxx, because really they're the only two people in this movie. Mm-hmm. With a couple, you know, uh, I think Mark Ruffalo's in this movie as well as the detective trying to find them. But that chemistry between... Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise because ninety percent of that movie takes place in that cab is one of the best chemistries in film history. And this could be, this could be the third movie that really is Tom Cruise, not necessarily just being Tom Cruise. He, he yeah. puts in a performance here that's well, a little is, different than his usual. Is. So and he looks different too because mm-hmm. he has white yeah. hair. Yeah, and he is dark. Yeah, and it's very <laughs> philosophical. Um, no, I enjoyed Collateral. I had it. I had it in my honorable, honorable mentions. mentions, but it's my one, all-time favorite Tom Cruise performance. Very nice. Well, what are some of the ones we missed? Uh, I guess I'll throw one out first. We already talked about the Mission Impossible, so we kind of went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, War of the Worlds was one of the ones in my honorable mention. Oh yeah, I wasn't good. a fan of War of the Worlds. I really enjoyed it. I I really thought it. It's an. I think it's an underrated movie. Um, Spielberg directed it, right? And Cruise starred yeah. in it. There, um, there I'd some... suggest watching it again because it's. The 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 scenes in that movie mm-hmm. where you know he he's playing with the tension of what's going on are some of the most edge of my seat tense you know scenes I can remember in a movie. So War of the Worlds was one of my. There's some mentions. visual stuff in there too. I remember the one thing I remember very clearly from that uh, him he and his daughter's car gets stopped like near that bridge. Yeah, and that mob of people. Uh huh. And there's a guy that's like, "Get me in that car!" He literally, this guy literally puts his hands on that glass. 
uh-huh. and starts to pull the glass out. And yeah. I, I just remember that visually being like, dear Lord, that's like crazy. This yeah. Pre zombie things where zombies are doing that in movies now. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I remember the scene where the aliens are trying to find him in the basement or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just whew, yep. powerful stuff. What I, else do we want to mention? I have two movies that almost made it in my top three. I went back and forth all night on them. Okay. Top Gun. Okay. And Rain Man. Yeah. They're both, I mean, both awesome. Rain Man is on my list. In fact, I have Rain Man at number four. It mm-hmm. would have been my number four. Yeah. Highway to the Danger Zone, man. I mean, seriously. I don't like Top Gun. Top I mean, Gun I, is, for what it is, it's kind of a, no, would you, for okay. what it is, it's fine, but no. it's not a great movie. But is it a balance enough between a, and hear me out when I say this, a chick flick and, a, and it's got action in it. Yeah. But there's a lot it's of that. so cheesy. Yeah, and the romance and part, n- okay. it's, like the dirt, it's like Dirty Dancing almost, where I, in my head yeah. I go, like, well. I mean, just watch that awkward. volleyball scene. Just yeah. that oh, volleyball scene. Ice with him and Val Kilmer. Iceman's pumping down. Iceman. Okay, here's the thing. Top Gun is one of like three movies ever to make cheesy work in its favor. It's true. Okay. I think that it is it ascends past cheesy to where you can still call it cheesy, but it's good. What are your others? Um you have to give me a second to think. Well, I just I just assume when somebody says it's one of three, they know the other two, but yeah, because like whenever you think of a cheesy movie, it's never worked ever <laughs> except for like two or three times. And Top yeah. Gun is one of those times. Yeah, well, Footloose I, also is the other. Footloose might be one of the others. I, I just speaking I can't of give it, uh, give it uh, credit, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah, he scored Footloose too. Both of those movies, though, you think about uh, '80s and being the soundtrack decade, which is my new band name, by the way, Soundtrack <laughs> Decade. Both those great soundtrack movies. Yeah. Very cool. And it's all because Tom Cruise wrote all the songs on. Yeah. He co-wrote with uh, Kenny Loggins. Wasn't um, Harry Connick Jr. in Top Gun? No, he's in... Um, he's in Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. I maybe, maybe he is. I thought he was in Top Gun, too, maybe. I don't know. Um, let's go with... Goose. Um, goose. Um, I'm going to go with Interview with the Vampire. I do uh, not have that on my 1994, list. 1994. Um, awkward at times, yes. But so weird. And in 1994, <laughs> you didn't have things like that. I guess you had Bram Stoker's Dracula two years before that. Yeah. But uh, I'll go with that one. And then um, you already said a few good men. <laughs> I only have one more. Rain Man would be the other one. Did anybody I mean, mention Jerry Maguire? Oh, which I, I don't. I don't actually like Jerry Maguire. That but there much, are a lot so. of catchphrases from that. There, there are. It's certainly, it's certainly a movie that had an impact. Yeah, it's certainly a movie that had a lot of impact. But I was just wasn't one that stuck with me. I always thought it was a little overdone. Um, he's, he's only done forty-five movies. Can you believe that? <laughs> only forty-five? Yeah. The only one that, that nobody's mentioned is actually a recent one that I enjoyed. I don't think a lot of people did. Oblivion. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I really enjoyed Oblivion. So. It was beautiful, but I didn't like it. So, yeah. So that would be my only one that I, other one that he I has a couple been. of movies coming up that I'm pretty excited for. Go ahead. The Mummy. The remaking it, The Mummy. Is like the they're remaking like the same so world what, or just they're doing a new mummy you know how type doing movie the whole cinematic universe thing right now yeah they're gonna have they're redoing cinematic universes for classic horror films they're remaking oh, frankenstein, like frankenstein the mummy uh, dracula, dracula the mummy uh creature from the black lagoon they're redoing all abbott of and costello yeah all that Ab- stuff. abbott costello yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the uh, the end where we have a little bit of buried treasure. Each of us, one thing in the uh, world of pop culture that we want to let people know about. Uh, Andrew, why don't you start us off? Gears of War four is it out? Is it just brand it's, new? And it's out? out. You can tell how much into video games I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it's that just, a video game? It came out a week ago, and I wanted to you know play a fair amount of it before I you know gave a final review on it. 
It's definitely Is that where you do repair on tanks? Uh-huh. The gears? Yep, that's actually you do. But uh, <laughs> um but yeah, Gears of War, um they're making the movie coming out in a couple years. Um it's one of my favorite game franchises of all time. And it's a new uh studio that's making these games now. So that's why oh, I was a little hesitant because um, they were a first party, or a, I guess you could call them a second party developer for Microsoft. They were, they only made them for Xbox, but now they're a first party developer called Coalition, and all they do now is make Gears of War games. Sort of like how Three Four Three only makes Halo games now. Mm-hmm. It used to be Bungie, but Bungie said we want to make more than uh, Halo. But this game Halo. introduced Horde mo- Horde mode. So if you ever played Horde Mode before in a video game, have you? Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so Horde Mode is like waves, zombies, waves zombies. on enemies coming at you. Right. Okay. And they get progressively harder and harder. They okay. they invented that. Gotcha. And Call the of Duty Horde does Mode, a little bit too. Yeah, with gotcha. the zombie mode and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they got that from Gears. I feel like I've experienced that in TD Bloons 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> the story in this, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it because it takes place in the future and it doesn't really deal with the original cast of characters but i'm i enjoy this new cast the cool. horde mode is brilliant multiplayer is so you're great. liking it i'm really liking it and if you have an xbox i can't recommend it enough it's probably my number one xbox game of the year very cool what do you got mr well Jack? i this is the school time crunch for me so i'm i my late night watching is normally when i get things done as far mm-hmm. as watching things and um i think it's an amazon Prime show. Okay. The Man in the High Castle. Have you guys ever yeah. seen it? Yeah, I watched season one. Okay, here's the thing. is I um, heard about it like a year ago. Yeah, it's or... been out for a while. Okay, and then I went back and I, I've i forgotten about it and I've been watching through the first season and I love it. You liking it? I like alt history. Sure. There's something really interesting it's about so that. Much, it's so... just, the, just the concept of the right. idea being that, you know, that Germany won the war. Right. And so what does North America look like yes. if Germany won the war and, and split it with crazy. Japan? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so I'm only, I think I'm seven seven episodes into it, but that's kind of what I've been... Uh, I like the alt history stuff in it. I just don't know that they that the plot stuff is pulling me the along. pacing is a little slow, I yeah. will say that. And that, I came to that conclusion, too. You know how in the... Uh, but they've got fa- a season two coming out you know here pretty in, soon. in Phantom Menace, um, you're like, why am I watching this uh, bu- this uh, yeah. space bureaucratic... <laughs> the space Senate. Uh, why am I watching the space Senate? There's a point where I'm starting to feel that way about this. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, there is some of that. I'm hoping that that ramps up and they have to go on some mission to go and find... So I've never seen the show, but Hitler's I've heard so much about it. Do you think it's worth checking out with all I, the other hard. shows out there? That are... No, see, that's the thing. There's so much and to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of clutter. So. That that I don't know that I would recommend it. Yeah. Unless you really, really dig the alt history kind of stuff, you know. And then okay. Thinking about that stuff is is interesting, but I don't know that there's enough of a story to go along with it yet, in my opinion. I, I felt okay. like the first three or four episodes are pretty strong, and then, I agree. And, then, and and so it's almost like. If you just wanted to go watch like two episodes of it, then you'd be like, "Oh, this is kind of good." But then you might get pulled into yeah, it. Doesn't it doesn't something feel like it have to... goes anywhere yeah, fun after that or yeah, interesting? That's, that's the issue. We've got to resolve so, something. Hopefully, yeah, the second season's coming out at some point. And part of it's that lost factor that you talk. They're trying to build this really? mystery into it of, and maybe you're not there yet, no. but this mystery of the man in the high castle and, the films and, and everything else and where and, that even comes so from and maybe a literal man in the high castle just nobody knows who he is kind of maybe sort of oh, okay. yeah. spoilers i don't know and there, <laughs> these, and there are these films in there that show this other ending 
to the war. So there's like alt history in their alt history. Yes. So maybe it's yeah. And so no one knows like, where those films came from, and so they're they're trying to piece that together. They're gonna have to yeah. have some big reveal to keep people around. Yeah, I think so huh. too. Okay. Um, mine is also something that's been around for a while that yeah. I've heard people tell me about, and I finally got around to watching it, and am so glad I did. It is one of the most amazing TV shows I've ever watched in my entire Ooh. life. It is Black Mirror. Either of oh, you guys check I've heard, out Black I've heard Mirror. I've watched so the first episode good. of it, I think. So. Oh, Black. So basically, it's just a Twilight. It's an anthology series. So yes. every episode is completely different. You don't yeah. need to you know, watch one to watch another. Uh, and every episode is just a beautiful you know, look into what the future might be like mm-hmm. with Twilight Zone twists in it. And, you know, there's some darkness to it that's really interesting. Oh, that pilot episode's hard to watch. The pilot episode, yeah. Yeah, is is difficult to watch. But, um, but man, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't had a show cause this much thought really? in my brain in a long time. Like, the, the moral, you know, quandaries, the technological, like... Oh wow! What would that world be like mm-hmm. if you know that's how it ends up being? Um, so there's only two seasons. Actually, the third season released today. I think so, there's what okay. seven or six episodes total. Uh, in the first two seasons, there's three episodes in each season, and they're on so, Netflix, correct? That's they're on Netflix. Netflix right? Yeah. The thing is, it's a BBC show, so each show episode is like two hours long. I don't think so. I think they're about an hour. Uh, are you sh- okay? I'm not sure, but I I remember thinking, oh, it's not like Sherlock because they didn't seem like they were 90 minutes or two hours. Yeah. Um, but I think they're all just as long as they need to be. But yeah. the third season actually released today. And I think there's another seven episodes in the third season that came out today. And I'm so excited to, awesome. to check those out. Like um, released on Netflix? or I think so. Okay, I well, think so. I'll, well, I know what I'm doing. So. Uh, I'll have to have to take a look at that. But I cannot. If you love sci-fi, if you love uh, future tech, this is, I mean, this Where show is right up your alley. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and add, you know, the the moral conundrum to future tech. And it's just like. You couldn't have designed a show better for me. It's like somebody they sat in a room and like, okay, how can we create a show that Aaron Dicer really loves? <laughs> It'll need future technology yes. and Check. moral conundrums. Check. Lots of things like, okay, yeah, and they did it. So Black Mirror is awesome. Do you know where Black Mirror comes from, the name of the show? Um, Either one of you? Is this trivia or are you asking? Cause no, I no, no, know. no, it's trivia. I, I was going to make something up just no, to make I love you feel this. better. Black Mirror. Your phone? Your phone. It's a black mirror. It's, that's where it comes from. Is yourself? It's like you know a look into ourselves, but you know, so could be cell phone, TV, whatever. So yeah, it's crazy technology in general. Very so crazy. that's why everything is based around technology and where it's going and mm-hmm. what it might do. Man, I there. I would love to take every single episode of this show and just dissect it because there's some really good stuff here. And thanks, since it's not you know an anthology, every single episode is different. You care more about you know the moral dilemma than the mm-hmm. actual characters themselves. So you get yeah. to think more on like what humanity as a whole, as opposed to just individual characters. There's one. There's Dude. also there's two. See, there's also a Christmas special that released, by the way. That's crazy. That um that John Hamm starred in, what? of all people. Wow. Yeah. So I and highly... Santa Claus. <laughs> no, no, but that one was really interesting too. There's one. Uh, I'm just going to mention this one. That goes into the idea of what it would be like if you had access to everything you saw, like you recorded everything you saw over the course of every day. So you had access to memory and you could just put it up on your TV and show other people, you know, where you were, that kind of stuff. And the ramifications of that in this one couple's life, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's such good stuff. I can't recommend it enough. Sounds like Google Glass. 
<laughs> it is. Where? It is, but it's it's re- that's the thing. It's it's realistic. Like it could happen. That could that's the thing. This stuff in these shows actually could happen in the future. And right. so it just it gets really interesting in that way, I think. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at mixler.com slash studio DNA. That's mixler M-I-X-L-R dot com slash studio dna that's also where you can listen live huge thanks again to today's guru it's jack from the horrible movie podcast what do you want what do you want to plug jack every week we do a horrible movie you do two podcasts every week right you do a little mini episode episode, it's like a mini episode we talk about an actor that's in that movie or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's normally just it could be that episode could be 10 minutes long 25 minutes long Mm -hmm. it's just like we just kind of riff on random stuff I normally sing a song or two, and then <laughs> that's actually true. And then, uh, then Friday episode is uh, talk about whatever horror movie it is. We have sometimes we'll have we'll talk about you know uh, top ten list of good things. So, so it's not always just talking about horror no, movies, but that's um, kind of the gist. A of man most cannot of the live on horror movies alone; or you will <laughs> die slow. I think that's somewhere in the Bible. I think, I think that's somewhere in Scripture. Right, exactly. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Mm-hmm. Support starts at a buck a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, please rate and comment at your podcast player of preference, especially if it's iTunes. iTunes uses that information to promote the show, and it'd be awesome to for you to leave a comment. could give us a huge boost there. Anything else you want to say or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at feedback at sifpop.com. That's right, a new email address, feedback at sifpop.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.